Welcome to Ag Credit Set It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must-have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Matt on Ag Credit Set It, and today I am with uh, Sean Gerdeman, Product Manager for Underfirth Manufacturing. And what we're looking uh, to talk about today is what we're seeing industry trends, what's going on in industry, supply issues, equipment demand. The big question on everybody's mind always is how has COVID affected everything? So, Sean, I'd like to thank you for being part of this with us today. So, Sean, just uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Underfirth and uh, what you do for them. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, yeah, I'm product manager for Underfirth. I've worked for the company for over 20 years, local, you know, live within 20 miles of the, of the plant. Uh, always had a passion for farm equipment, and, and I farm as well. So, you know, it's a nice uh, relationship between... Uh, doing what I love is, is farming and, and uh, you know, supporting Unverfirth, which is a fantastic company, uh, family-owned, a lot of good qualities of the company, you know, from an employer standpoint and also from a customer standpoint. The customer base we have is, is very strong. We make a multitude of products from, you know, grain handling, seed handling, fertilizer equipment as well that we've added in the last several years. And our goal as a company is... Uh, satisfied customers, which means if we're satisfied with one product, they're going to look at us first for another product. And that's uh, been a very sound business model for us to support our customers, take care of them, and provide innovative products that, you know, people like myself uh, that farm understand how it needs to work and how it needs to perform. And, And we work together with our team to produce the best products for our customers. And, uh, it's, the current demand in the ag industry means we're actively looking for more people to, to add to our production fleet. We are, you know, ever increasing our, our uh, capacity to be able to meet the demand. Uh, and, and like I said, we did add fertilizer equipment to our venue in the last several years, which means, uh, you know, we've really been based in, in, in grain handling and tillage and the fertilizer equipment has really been a, a good market for us to be in because we've we've raised the bar on on how you know how we're applying the fertilizer, which ver- many customers appreciate. Because looking at 2022, fertility management is going to separate the men from the boys. You know, $750 a ton potash, $1,000 a ton anhydrous, uh, $500 plus a ton. Uh, 28, you know, you do the math and you have to use your fertility efficiently, sparingly, enable in order to survive for next year. You know, 2021, if you had stored grain, it's the obvious. Uh, you know, when May, June, July markets hit, you know, farmers are able to sell and, and cash in on uh, high profits with the stored product. You know, steel prices being at, you know, historical highs it seems like that is not subsiding uh, which means the customer is going to look for um, equipment that is going to tailor their needs 
more than ever, which means, you know, unfortunately the prices of equipment in all aspects of ag is, is high, whether it be grain bins, tractors, combines, whatever, you know, the equipment has gone up 30, 40% in some cases. It's uncontrollable because, you know, the price of steel, the price of inputs it needs to follow. So, you know, obviously we've seen the, the ramifications of COVID and, and what that's done to, you know, the supply chain, which means prices, you know, have to go up. And what's amazing is how resilient the market truly is because you look at, you know, the, the hurricane caused some issues on the Mississippi River there in late August, early September. And the price of corn really didn't drop much, which means there's a vacuum, there's, there's high demand for the corn, uh, the fuel price, which, you know, no one wants to see the price of gas go up, but it's reality, which means the ethanol sector is going to be profitable, which means, you know, corn basis is going to be very narrow or go to a plus. Uh, you know, obviously that means uh, supply is very current. You know, looking at the wheat market, you know, $7 wheat means there was a shortage. And, you know, the wheat belt is, is looking at, you know, how to, how to manage their wheat crop for next year and, and stare at fertilizer prices accordingly and, and you know, how to maximize uh, the high inputs versus uh, you're going to need high prices to compensate for these high inputs. So, so it's kind of like, you know, what they always say, what does higher prices always get you? Higher prices. I mean, right. it kind of falls its way, you know, through the whole industry. You know, talking about the the increase in, you know, demand, from your guys' projections, is this a big change from what you've looked at or is this kind of following historical patterns on, we we seen this coming with, with you know, equipment demand with our customers? Um, I'm not sure anyone saw the ramifications of what was truly coming with, you know, the supply chain being, I don't want to say fragile, but the supply chain being very fragile and, and, and you know, when, when there's a hiccup that happens, it slows quite a, quite a few things down. No one wants to see that, but it's reality. So how to cope with that is, is you know, some of the day-to-day challenges that we see, you know, at, at Umberfirth and, you know, looking at it from a, a farmer perspective as well is how do you deal with the new age that we're in is shortages, backups. You know, you hear a lot of situations where, you know, combine parts right now are, are just scarce. You know, what's that mean for next year? So, but, you know, we've got a solid foundation of, of people, you know, got a, a growing a workforce. Uh, it's a great, great company. You know, we're out for, you know, supplying a, the best product we can and we don't want to um, you know, sacrifice the customer experience and providing them the best product we possibly can. And that all means, uh, the, you know, the customer does recognize that, which means, you know, we will continue that good demand from an ag sector of our equipment. So, And I, I think one thing to note on Underfirth um, is you guys are not an assembly plant. You guys are, a, in the truest sense, a manufacturer. You bring in raw material and out the other end rolls a finished product. Do you see with the supply chain demand on the on the uh, parts you do have to bring into the plant, do you see a switch where possibly we'll see manufacturing of those inputs move back 
into maybe the U.S. more and not such a demand overseas? Or is that just kind of still going to be the trend we're looking at, just hopefully get the supply chain back in its normal gear? You know, I think anyone would say, hey, if we can buy a U.S. made, um, you know, uh, I think everyone would not turn that situation down. Reality is, you know, in, in the U.S., there is a labor shortage, which means, you know, you have to look elsewhere in other countries to, to produce the products that we need. Um, but, you know, we we have a, like I said, we have a, you know, a strong network of suppliers and a strong uh, workforce that find ways to work together. And, you know, looking at the manufacturing side, you, if you're a farmer, you can equate when you have a challenge you can't throw your hands up. You have to truck through and find a way around it. Uh, you know, like I described before our podcast with with you, Matt, is, you know, the new norm is, hey, what is the next challenge and how are we going to work together to find a way to achieve the end goal, which is supplying the product to the customer on time the best we can. But uh, And I think staying up on top, it's, it seems like in our industry, technology is constantly changing. I mean, there's something... It's almost like what, you, what you're producing now to a point, is it almost out of date for what we're looking at for the future? Are we evolving that much as an industry that we have that much new technology always working its way into our equipment side? That's a fact. You know, um, we do have uh, rate control technology on our fertilizer products. Um, you know, that, that sector, uh, there is pent-up demand from the customer level because you know, customer want to invest in technology in order to manage fertility in a better format. Uh, you know, we build uh, anhydrous applicators, we build dry fertilizer applicators, uh, spreaders. We build. Um, you know, we've just introduced a dry strip till uh, applicator machine that totally we're we're applying two products at once of dry fertilizer into a strip. So we've. We kind of poised for the future, and, and maybe the uh, you know the watershed issue that we had in Ohio, um, you know, back in twenty, I think it was twenty thirteen ish, or when that when that happened, you know, that that get everyone a, a what's up on what the future held on how to properly handle the fertilizer that we have to use. So, you know, what better method is apply what you need per acre. Um, so. We took a look at, we can apply two independent products into a strip. How the unit folds, it's called the Raptor, if you want to look it up per se. Uh, it folds very narrow, and it's all encompassing one product from our company. Um, so we're building the, the entire unit from ourselves. So, so if you have a, you know, some type of service issue in the future, you know who you're dealing, dealing with. There's not several different products matched up and you know even around in van Wert county you've seen the transition over the years strip till has always been a a thing in van Wert county you know how to handle lake bed soils and 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 get the corn in uh early properly and you know i think popcorn was popcorn in northwest ohio is a hot spot for years and popcorn being fairly fragile how do you how do you get it out of the ground uh in short order and I'll hand my hats off to the, you know, the veterans in Van Wert County that, you know, kind of perfected the, that strip till and, and uh, you know, how to use it and, 
And uh, But the next stage is how to incorporate the fertility side uh, so that you're applying you know, the right fertilizer in the right area and multiple products, not just throwing a blend together where you can, you can do, um, you know, two products at once to help maximize your yield and fertility and, and not over apply so that, um, you know, support this H2 Ohio program that, that, you know, a lot, a lot of people are actively, uh, investing their time into because, Farmers inherently want to take care of their soil. They inherently do not want to apply extra fertilizer. We're not, you know, they're not out to, uh, you know, uh, have the potash and the phosphorus go into the streams. And, and uh, you know, the goal is to apply fertilizer and harvest the crop and get it in the bin. So uh, what better method to do that is is get the fertilizer in the ground where you need it and, uh, you know, the right application rate and the technology that is out there now with uh you know variable rate fertility maps and and how to overlay that all into your farming system uh that's what this product is all about and we're getting a lot of interest throughout the country not just in northwest ohio and you know it's a common theme what i just said about you know farmers goal is to use not excessive amounts of fertilizer to use the right amount for the crop that's coming and looking at the fertilizer prices that is you know that is the vision is use the proper amount at the proper time get it in the ground so that when the crop is growing it can utilize it to its best potential well sean i want to thank you very much for being part of us on this today any questions uh, look up under Firth manufacturing and thank you very much sir you're very welcome. Sorry about the 4020 in the background, but we're starting to unload corn. So. Yes, want to make it make, make it to all our listeners that we are live on the farm on this. So what better place to do this at than right in the middle of harvest? Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Speaking of equipment, Ag Credit has its own point of sale equipment financing program, Farm Credit Express. David White, our account manager for Farm Credit Express, is here today to tell us a little more about the program. David, can you give us an overview of the program? Sure. Uh, Farm Credit Express, as you mentioned, is a point-of-sale financing program for ag credit customers and the other 19 associations that participate in Farm Credit Express. So you can actually get the financing for your farm equipment and machinery purchases at the participating dealers, and it still counts towards patronage. So it's one-stop shopping that hopefully will be more efficient and time-saving for our customers or new customers of Ag Credit. How can people find a dealer near them that offers Farm Credit Express? Uh, go to farmcreditexpress.com and uh, scroll down, and there is a list of dealers. All you have to do is type Ohio in the search engine and all those that serve our territory, and most of the farm equipment machinery dealers located in Ag Credit's chartered territory do participate in the program. Additionally, as we know uh, of supply and demand issues or supply chain issues uh, created by COVID and the high demand, uh, there's a lot of backup out here uh, on getting new farm equipment machinery or possible used. So if you're also searching for a used piece of equipment, uh, you might want to contact a dealer in another state. That will also be eligible for Farm Credit Express. It'll get booked back to Ag Credit and also be eligible for patronage. Can a customer that is outside our territory be use Farm Credit Express? Absolutely. Any customer located in the United States can use Farm Credit Express 
providing the equipment they are purchasing is a participating Farm Credit Express dealer. Uh, the other thing is uh, Farm Credit Express is actually owned by Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit uh, out of eastern Pennsylvania, and Ag Credit is one of the 20 associations that participates. They set the rates, and uh, it's, at times those rates uh, may be somewhat more competitive uh, than what you can get from your local branch. Uh, at the uh, same time, uh, they are fixed rates, and there are no uh, prepayment penalties or fees if you pay the loan off early. This sounds like a great program to use. Thanks for the information. Now back to Matt with more on the Equipment Outlook for 2022. Thanks, Libby. I'm here with Phil, and we want to talk some on some of the trends we've seen in our area, talking with local equipment dealers and our members. You know, Phil, there's been a ton of equipment auctions here as of late, and we're seeing some record prices on pretty much everything across the board, talking to our members. Um, talking to some of the local dealers, uh, you know, they're seeing high prices on everything. Part of it that they think is driving it is just the uh, demand for one and the availability of new equipment that really is kind of forecasted out for quite a while just because of the supply uh, issues that you know the manufacturers are seeing yeah i've been i've been <laughs> driving by our local our local dealership here and a lot of empty pavement space you know as far as far as not many not much supply out there um, there's maybe one or two pieces out there I'd, you know, and, and guys have been calling and wanting stuff, but if they want something new, it seems like they're they're going to have to order it, and it's going to have to take you know six months, even up to a year to get, which is pretty crazy to think about. It is, and I think one thing uh, you look at, you know, equipment sales seem to kind of go in, in trends. You know, guys are looking for tillage, looking for tractors. Right now, uh, I think they're looking for everything. You know, we did have a pretty wet. Uh, fall here. So I know there's uh, tillages on a lot of guys' minds, maybe looking for that niche piece that uh, to fix uh, some damage and some ruts that we done uh, with the combine this fall for next spring. I don't really see things easing up a whole lot um, when we look at uh, the availability on the new equipment, especially talking to uh, some of our members that have stuff on order. They're kind of forecasted out. It's, it's undetermined, really. I, I know some guys I've talked to that have had uh, some new equipment on order um, for, you know, the past six months. It's still on order. They still say it's coming. They just cannot uh, give them a time frame on when that happens. And I think that's what we're going to see to continue driving this used market and just really keeping, you know, it strong. And if you look on local auction sites, there's a ton of equipment that's going to be coming up here i think through the end of the year and then for forward on that do you think guys are looking some of that uh you know hey we had a very good harvest mm. you know is this a is this a tax tax thing you know are they looking to you know spend some money uh so i have to pay all, uncle sam yeah the end of the year is it, it typically is that you know if you got some some extra cash to burn uh, trying to hide not trying to hide it but also not trying to uh, not wanting to pay Uncle Sam um, and, and also trying to just benefit your farm, you know, versus having it going to Uncle Sam. So, yeah, I think I think there's some cash out there. Obviously, we've seen it in real estate prices the, locally here. Uh, real estate's been going pretty high. And it's not just the supply side, I would say, as far as equipment goes, it's the price. You know, there's guys that have gotten equipment quoted six months ago. Um, then when they started kind of just maybe eyeballing stuff, trying to figure out what they wanted, 
um, seeing how much stuff costs and maybe got another quote here recently and that price has gone up, you know, which is not, not, I would say not the norm, you know, as far as a six month, six month window between getting quotes, you know, and seeing the price increase and there's speculation that right over the tick into January, there's been some rumors that the, the price increases are going to happen again. It's going to be a pretty significant increase on, on dealers' lots. Um, again, this is all rumor, and, and some, of it, some of it could be true and some of it couldn't, but that's, that is the rumor mill, I guess, man. And, you know, I think when you look at some of it, uh, you know, with especially with, uh, with John Deere uh, just coming off a recent strike, I know reading and some of the farm uh, uh, sites, you know, they're kind of expecting that to really uh, follow suit and, you know, take a price increase just fr from that. And I think mm. with all the other logistics problems and everything, you know, this this is kind of that, that new norm. I, I think any little hiccup will really fluctuate that price and then with still increased demand. Now, Matt, you've actually, so like you're actually, your previous job, you worked in equipment sales. So I guess, has, has this ever happened before where you've seen such empty lots and, you know, I guess you worked there. How, how long were you in the equipment business? So I was uh, a salesman for Redline Equipment, Case IH, uh, for 11 years. You know, there were some uh, stents where we were basically what we called ourselves order takers, where you couldn't get the product quick enough. Guys had good gear, but availability was always there. And now there's, there's a change um, in the industry, too. Um, you know, you look back and, granted, before our time, but back in the early 80s, your manufacturers were kicking out 300 tractors a day. You look at it now, it's what they call a, a build. It's more of a build as needed. You know, there, manufacturers do not build to pack the lots full. It's, it's on an as-order basis. So part of that kind of controls that uh, supply chain a little bit right there. But from my experience, no, I've never seen it like this, especially with just the availability of everything. When you look from, you know, parts, uh, filters, a lot of it is electronics. We look at this farm equipment now, you know, they, they are very advanced computer operated equipment. And it's the same uh, chip problem that I think the automotive industry is seeing that I think that's really fallen into the ag side a little bit. And plus it's just technology. Things are changing so quick. It's kind of keeping up on that latest technology and trying to adapt that quick. Yeah. I know, I know even on our farm, you mentioned parts, I mean, obviously, when it's planting season or harvest, you're always praying that nothing breaks, <laughs> um, nothing yet. There's nothing after repair. Um, you know, everyone always has that prayer. Stuff inevitably breaks. But uh, I think this year, I think a lot of people were really nervous. You know, more so than historically, if something broke, if that was going to, you know, basically put them out for a week or two or three weeks just because the part wasn't there. Um, I don't think that's ever been. A real, real issue, like to the extent it is today, historically. Would you say that's true as well? Oh, I agree with you, hundred yeah. percent. And you know, you look at it too. I mean, especially this harvest, which every harvest is different, but this one has definitely been a marathon. Mm. It hasn't been a sprint. So it is uh, with just the weather conditions we've had here locally in Northwest Ohio. You know, if you're, uh, you know, down for uh, say even four days waiting for a part with the uh, interesting weather weather patterns we've had and everything, you know, that really can throw a wrench into the operation and the flow of things. Yeah, I actually was talking to one of our borrowers. They There's an insurance product out there that's a part of their farm insurance, um, kind of a, a rider or kind of an add-on uh, that they purchased this year specifically. It's uh, basically a policy that allows them to, to get custom harvest fees paid for by their insurance. So let's say their, their combine goes down and the part that they need is 
a month out or is unavailable at the time, um, this insurance policy will actually pay for someone else to custom harvest the rest of their acres for them um, if for some reason their combine would go down. So um, interesting little insurance tidbit there that, that's kind of unique to this year, I'd say. It's just another thing I think that's going to help that producer uh, really make sure that bottom line is secure. Mm-hmm. You know, Phil, looking at it too, um, from uh, guys you've talked to, you know, we talk about the high equipment prices. Are guys paying cash more or financing more? Because interest rates are still, you know, very reasonable when we look at our our five-year equipment money. Yeah, uh, I would say there's a lot of appreciation in used equipment. So I think they're getting, if they are if they are trading something in, they're getting top dollar for that trade. And then also I think there is cash out there. So some guys are also wanting to, to throw some more cash to the deal. Um, and so it's kind of, I've had a mixed bag of things, to be honest. So I've had people that uh, want to take advantage of those low rates. And then also if there's a trade involved, they're, they're getting top dollar for that trade. So Maybe guys, you know, upgrading that equipment while the time is right now, not necessarily need to, but kind of a want just because this, the timing is right and we have, right. the, have yep. the money right now. Yep. Well, hey, Phil, I appreciate it. And uh, this is going to wrap it up for this episode of Ag Credit Set It. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Want to talk ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net. And be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time.